say, but I want to just see what the Lord has to say. I think that's more important than what I have to say. Not that they're separate. They shouldn't be. Amen. I want to read a couple of verses out of Revelation. Revelation 19.6 says this, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord omnipotent reigns. <laughs> saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord omnipotent reigns. Verse 10 says this, And I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, see that you uh, do not do that. I am your fellow servant. This is speaking of an angel and of your brethren whom have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. Listen to this. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So what he was saying there, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When we testify to who Jesus is, what it does is it literally, uh, when we testify to who Jesus is, it prophesies that to someone else that he can be the same to you if you'll receive him that way. I think Josh, when he shared, he talked about the testimony. And one of the things he said, uh, is it a translation of it that means to do it again? Of the definition of testimony means do it again. <laughs> do it again. So I think that there's so much power in the testimony when we acknowledge that it's his testimony. We're not just saying, hey, here's what God did for me. But we're saying is here is who Jesus is to me. And if you'll receive him that way, he'll be the same Jesus to you. Amen. Amen. So through that, what because he, he's no respecter of persons, uh, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I shared how that verse totally wrecked my life in a good way because I had graduated. I'd gotten out of Bible college. I've shared this before, but just so because I don't care. Uh, I put five good years into an associate's degree. Some of you will figure that out in a little while. That's a two-year degree. I was just a couple of hours away from my bachelor's degree, and they closed the school down I was going to. So they sent me an associate's degree, and uh, I could have pressed it and received my bachelor's just because of hours and you know service and things like that. And as I was really praying about it, this was years ago, probably 18 years ago, at least 15 years ago, and uh, I was kind of upset because I had invested a lot of time and and a lot from my family uh, because my schedule was this. I worked from 7 until 3.30, and I went to school on Monday and Tuesday night, church on Wednesday and Thursday night. I studied on Friday night and Saturday and then started over on Sunday. It was at church Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and then it started all over. I would get off work at 3.30 on Monday, Tuesday, go home, shower, drive to school, and get home around 11, 11.30 on Monday and Tuesday night. This is when Brianna was a baby, and uh, Tina... For those three-plus years, Tina pretty much raised Brianna almost by herself, except for that little bit of time that I had with her. And I thought, man, I've put all of this time and really put it in front of my family, and I get a flipping associate's degree. 
And the, I really feel like the Lord. And this was when I was a good Baptist boy and didn't really believe God spoke to us. <laughs> but in my spirit, I really felt the Lord say, if it takes a piece of paper to open the door, then I didn't open it. I didn't devalue my education. What I found in my education was it was so easy to get focused on making a grade and not knowing him. And I graduated. I graduated. They quituated me. <laughs> they stopped the school. I got my associate's degree, and there was this frustration on the inside of me because I had all this knowledge, but I still felt empty. And what I really said is this. If, Lord, if this is all there is to it, because basically my belief system was this. We're sinners and we'll always be sinners till we get to heaven. And the best we can do is tie a knot in the rope and hold on till Jesus comes. Because there's no authority for us here. We're just the devil's whipping post. God will use him to teach us stuff. Not trying to wreck your theology. He's trying to help you. That all the, the devil's just his messenger boy. And he'll send him in all these, the chaos. And the, basically, we just hold on till the end. And then when we hold on to the end... And we triumph. And I said, God, if that's it, I'll go sell cars or something. I like people. I can talk to people. I want to do something I, I think that can make a difference in somebody's life. Not that the gospel is not important. Not that going to heaven is, better than, is not better than going to hell. But I saw there's so many people, they didn't just need Jesus to take them to heaven. They needed Jesus right here, right now. And as I, and as I just pressed into him, I, I came across Hebrews 13.8. And it was as though I read it for the very first time in my whole life because it said Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I literally looked at my Bible and I said, no way. How have I never seen that before? I mean, I've been in this thing for 15 years counting. I mean, I don't understand this. How have I missed this? And then he took me to the traditions of men have made the word of God of no effect. I said, hmm, that's how I missed it. And I began to, to say, well, Jesus, if you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, then a lot of what I've been taught <laughs> has error in it. So I began to press in to say, Jesus, who are you? And God used a testimony in my life to change me. There was a man on TV, and if you've heard this before, I'm sorry. Just bear with me for a moment. But that I was watching TV, and as the good, independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, King James Version, only Baptist that I was, there was only one version. The rest were perversions. Y'all ain't never heard that. But the good Baptist I was, we didn't watch TVN. Because you can be deceived. The enemy will deceive you. So we didn't watch it. But one night I was in this place of just hunger and desperation to know God, to know who he really was. Because this verse had wrecked me. He's the same yesterday and forever. And I'm turning the channel and there's Dr. Jack Deere. Now, I don't know all of Dr. Jack Deere's theology. I know this. He was on there and he said, we have with us tonight Dr. Jack Deere from, uh, from Dallas Theological Seminary. I said, ha ha. He's going to set them charismatic crazies straight. He's a doctor from Dallas. Now, in the denomination I grew up in, that was the Yale and Harvard. 
Dallas Theological was the cream of the... It didn't get any better. If you went there, man, you knew Jesus. Because it was the top of the food chain. And I'm watching, and he starts talking about he's came to, he came to the same place. Long story, I'm not going to tell the whole thing, but he gives a testimony of how he had asked a man, Dr. White, to come and speak. He had sought after him to come and speak at, his, at their church. He was one of the staff pastors at a huge church there in Dallas. And he'd asked him to come, and he said, well, just send us your, uh, not agenda, but what you'll be speaking on. Uh, the syllabus of what you'll be speaking on. So Dr. White sent it, and the last thing that he said he was going to be teaching on was divine healing and how it's for today. And uh, Dr. Deer said to Dr. White, no, you're not. You're not teaching that here. We believe that passed away. He said, you called me, you sought me, you asked me to arrange my schedule to come. If I come, this is what I'm teaching. He said, I don't have to come. I'm fine with not coming. But all I ask you to do is take these scriptures and see what they say. He said he was very gracious. He didn't argue theology with me. He just asked me, you go to the word and see what you say. And I watched Dr. Jack Deere on TV say this. I realized that what my belief system was based on and the majority of what I had been teaching was the tradition of man. And he said, I went back. And he said, I, I told him, you come. I don't understand everything but I want you to come. And he said, we were there. We were in the service. And a woman came down when Dr. Uh, White taught on healing. A woman came down. And the name of the book that Jack Deere was talking about, the reason he was on there, he had written a book called Surprised by the Power of the Spirit. And uh, he said this woman came down after uh, Dr. White had taught on healing. And he prayed for her, and she was healed right there on the spot. In this unbelieving church, she was healed. And Jack Deere said, I began to weep because the scripture that came to my heart was this. She had suffered much at the hand of her physicians and grew no better, only worse. And he said, and the Lord brought someone in and she was healed on the spot. He was later given the right foot of fellowship from both the school and the church. And, um, but it was that testimony that grabbed my heart. It was that testimony that said, man, God, you're the same. It, what it did is it validated in my life. I've said this before. It, it's not that God said it, I believe it, that settles it. God said it, that settles it. Amen. When you believe, you enter into that covenant promise. Yeah. And the life of it is released in you. Your believing doesn't settle anything for God, only for you. So when I had this verse, this reality, this rhema word, the this, this speaking word of God to my heart, and then I had the testimony that went with that, I was like, wow, Lord, you're amazing that you love me that much. And it put me on a pursuit to know this God that I knew about but didn't know intimately. The life of Jesus was released into me through the power of of that testimony. And he did it again in me. And as I think on that, and I think about the power that he is alive. He's alive today, not just through our much preaching, through our much persuasion. I believe with all of my heart, this is one of the things that, that Pastor Bruce Ritter 
and I have been praying about going into that event, is we believe that the, the heart for God, of God for our community, for the world, is this, that the body awakens to who they are. That it's not, we, we both said this going into that meeting, we don't want another Brownsville. We don't want a Toronto. We don't want a church that people have to come to. We want a region that's been so transformed that the people say, and I even made this declaration at the, at the, uh, the depot, that it's not that somebody has to come to Gibsonville and go to a church, but that people say, if you can just get to this little town called Gibsonville, somebody there who knows Jesus will find you. And you'll get healed. You'll get delivered. I'm believing for that. You say, you're way out there. That's okay. I just want you to know where I am. So as you come join me, we'll see. God, I am, I'm not just believing for a transformation in the river. I'm believing for a culture to shift. We, we are believing. Bruce even declared this. He said, I'm believing that Gibsonville will no longer be a town the train passes through. It'll be a town the train stops in. It used to be. I'm not saying we're the repairer of the breach. Jesus was. He is the restorer of paths to dwell in. But what I'm saying, I in him and he in me, I am transformation everywhere I walk. That's my declaration. That's becoming my reality. That where I go, shift happens. Because of whose I am and who I am. And as we released, one of the days we met there for prayer, and we were standing there, and we were just praying, and I said, I just want to release the spirit of Jesus through the testimonies. And I just want to declare that he'll do it again. So we just began to to share testimonies. I shared a testimony about our group when we went to the DR and how the presence of the Lord came in. And I've watched young people who forgot about their agenda, young people who, who forgot about what people think about them, and they were just wrecked in the presence of the Lord. For I don't even know how long we were in that room that first year we were there when the presence of the Lord settled in such a way that people were literally, who didn't even know what was going on. And it was a, a regular meeting. We had a regular meeting, and we said, no, we're going to stay. Our group said, we're going to stay and we're just going to pray and press in. In the presence of the Lord, literally, when it talked about Solomon dedicated the temple and the glory of his uh, train filled the tabernacle, filled the temple, that word filled there means continue to fill. And that's what happened as we began to press in. The presence of the Lord was so weighty in that room. There were literally kids who don't do this, kids who aren't emotional, weeping to where tears and snot was falling on me because I was on the floor. As they were standing there. And we didn't have a big long singing service. We didn't do anything to emotionally stir anyone up. We just said, Jesus, we believe you're real. And we want you manifested in this place. The reality of who you are in this place. And I'm going to tell you, it settled in there like a fog. And they were going out into the hotel. Getting other people to come into the room. It was the last night we were there. The second year we were there. It was the first night we were there. And it was just that we've made a decision to set our heart. And we began, I began to release that testimony over the downtown area, over Gibsonville. And Bruce shared a testimony of when he went to the DR and how they had gone. And he said, we'd gone out and we had done the deal. And I thought about you, Stephen. 
He said every day we'd gone out and we'd done the skits. Because this is kind of what you do when you go to a foreign country. You don't speak the language to everybody. You'll go out and you'll do a skit. You'll do a, a mime or something like that that has a story to it. And then the interpreter will, will come up and or want, somebody will come up and explain the, the skit, the split. Someone will come up and explain the skit. <laughs> and then they'll share a little message. He said we had been doing all that. And the last day we thought, you know what? We're not going to do that. You know what they did? They walked and prayed and just said, God, what we're asking is that your glory would come. And they were going to have a, a meeting. They, had, they would go and do these skits, and then they would have a meeting at night, very much the same format. They, they said they went, and so what they did is they started going to some of the churches. And we had the exact same thing happen to us. And some of the churches were saying, these people are a cult. Don't listen to them. They're a cult. Don't listen to them. So what they did is they started going to those churches and just blessing them, praying over them for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to come to them. And they went to this one church that, that was giving them the most opposition. And the deacons were out on the grounds doing something. They were working. And they went up and said, we just want to pray for you. We want to bless you. They said, you can pray for us, but don't touch us. <laughs> and, you know, that, all that is is it shows a truth that's, that's woven in and out of, of religion and not relationship. And that's this, that the enemy's more able to deceive me than the Lord is to lead me. Because they were afraid if somebody put hands on them, they would be deceived. It's cool that they believed that much in the power of the laying on of hands, but yet that it was more in the deception than it was in the believing of the Lord. So anyway, they said, okay, we won't pray for you. So his youth group are over on this other place, and they're just praying. And he said there was one of the girls in his youth group who had been known to cause a little bit of trouble. And he said, we're over here praying, and I look over, and I see her just getting wrecked. And he said, at first I thought, oh, no, she's doing something. He said, then I recognized it was the Lord. She, had, she repented, and she was weeping, and just got, she got filled with the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues, and laid out in the ground. <laughs> As they're there praying for this church. And he said, one of the deacons looked up, and he said, there's freedom taking place over there. And I said, you know what? We just released that over Gibsonville, that there's freedom taking place here. One other thing I want to share. I was at the beach and uh, this year for vacation, and I get a text from Tish. And she said, I don't know if you heard, but last night the store owner on the corner was murdered. And she said, we are, Tish is a blessing to this body, to the body, but to this fellowship. She said, what are we going to do about it? We're not just, I'm paraphrasing. It's not an exact quote. Tish will get on me because she's all about being specific, not <laughs> embellishing any. She said, what are we going to do about it? This is our city. We can't just sit back. And I said, we're not. I said, we already had the gatherings scheduled. I said, so we're going to go. This isn't about a night of worship. This is a night about declaration that God is the God of Gibsonville, not a spirit of murder, not a spirit of fear, not a spirit of division, that God is. I said, we're going to declare that night that God is the God of Gibsonville and that they'll not have our town. Because she had asked the question, well, or I think the Lord asked you the question, will we take ownership of Gibsonville? I read to you in Psalms 47 where he said that he'll, bring, he'll subdue nations under us. 
Lord, we take ownership. It doesn't mean it's ours. It means we take responsibility, that we don't just say whatever happens, happens. God, we're a light, and darkness can't dwell with light. I said, we're going to do it. We're, we're going to do it that night. We're going to just declare. We're going to release the, the truth of who Jesus is, the power of who he is through testimony, through word, through declaration. So, so we had talked about that. I think that was on July 20. Ju- I don't remember what day it was exactly. Was it? It was the second or so. It was right around the fourth. We were down the week of the fourth, so it was right around that time. Anyway, so I don't know if you guys know, but the night, Friday night, the woman who committed the murder was arrested. This past Friday night, while we were worshiping, while we were declaring, she was arrested. Some of you will get that on the way home. What are you saying? I'm saying it wasn't coincidence. It wasn't chance that the night that we were declaring, you're the God of Gibsonville, she was arrested. Amen. Why? Because he's worthy. He's worthy, and I want you to understand, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen to this. First, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, for those who get a little worried if they don't hear, you know, quite a few scriptures used. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even that which, even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Because we have such what? Hope. What is hope? Hope is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of, not, of things not yet seen. What is hope? Hope is a godly imagination that says, I'll believe God to be who he says he is, even when it doesn't look like it right here. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away, but their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. The, spirit of te- the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The veil is taking away, taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when the Moses is read, a veil remains on their heart. That's why in so many fellowships, when all they preach is law, 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 and you wonder why the people are so defeated and disgusted and, and, and distraught, it's because the veil is over their eyes, because only life comes through revealing who Jesus is. That Jesus came to set the captive free, not to declare, you'll be bound forever. That's good preaching right there, even if it's just a short one. Verse 16, nevertheless, when, he tur- when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Verse 17, Bruce made this declaration that same day over Gibsonville. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Verse 18, but we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit 
of the Lord. What does all that say? That's saying a whole lot to say this. Here's one Toddism for you. What you behold is what you become. And he's saying here, as we behold the glory of the Lord, we're transformed from glory to glory. You can read John chapter 1. It says that Jesus came in the glory of God. And what did Jesus? It says the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I think it's John 1.17. Grace and truth. So what is the glory of the Lord? It's grace and truth. Because he is the glory, the brightness of his image. That's who he is. So his glory is his grace and his goodness. And as we reveal his grace and his goodness, it sets people free. It sets people free. That's the testimony of the Lord. That's the truth of the Lord, that we would allow his testimony to be released. So here's what I'm going to do. Wow. Time flies when I'm having fun. I'm going to uh, give opportunity for a few testimonies. And just say, I want to I describe what a testimony is. There's a few classes I really want to teach for the world, predominantly for America, more specifically for North Carolina, Alamance County. One is how to visit a funeral home. It's not a family reunion. It's not where you go and talk about everything you haven't talked about in 15 years. Two is how to give a testimony. A testimony is not a mini-sermon. A testimony is not about everything the devil's doing to get you discouraged, but glory to God, you're holding on. And a testimony is not your five minutes of fame. A testimony is to give glory to who Jesus is and what he's done. It doesn't mean that you can't say, man, I faced this challenge and here's what the Lord did. But it's not. Many times what I see is in testimonies is we take 15 minutes to describe the challenge and two minutes to say, and Jesus delivered me. Amen. So, as you come to give testimony, I don't want you to be offended, but I'm holding the mic. <laughs> in case you forget the first three things I said. It's just a little thing I've picked up in life called Wisdom. You're free to hold it with me. <clears throat> but don't, if you, res if I pull, don't resist, I will win. Because Bobby's working with me. <clears throat> you may still have it physically in your hand, but I will shut you down. In love, in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> so... Uh, if you have testimony that you would like to share, again, it's not a mini-sermon, it's a testimony. There's still some things that we need to get take care of today to honor the Lord in that I want to make sure that we do and not keep you all afternoon. Uh, but I just really felt led that God did so much, and uh, there was more that was done. One of the, the natural things that happened, because we believed God when we prayed, that he was going to show up in the natural and in the spiritual. And one of the things, the train is 50 yards, 30 yards from us. The f I don't know if it was the first one. I don't know which one it was. It was one that I took notice of. The Amtrak came by, and it always blows from the intersection right there that turns into Springwood all the way down to the old where we used to be just about. <clears throat> it came, and I looked, and I saw it coming, and it was past us at the where we, down near where we used to be before it ever blew its horn. And it was the only time that we were worshiping 
that someone wasn't speaking. I'll let that sink in for just a minute. What I'm saying is every other time the train came by, either I was speaking or someone was speaking. So it was a natural break that we could let it come by with this going off, right? But this time, while we were worshiping, it didn't blow at that intersection. I, in my years of being here, I've never not heard it blow at that intersection. And it was past us, and then it blew the horn. And I looked around, and immediately I think Stephanie came up. And she said, did you? I said, I saw it. <laughs> and I heard it. I saw it. And what we had declared is, God, you're going to do signs that make people wonder. And that was when you said, well, that's not, yeah, it was. That was awesome. So, Emily, come on up. <laughs> and then I'll give opportunity for others. Hello. So, um, last Saturday, I was at home with my little girl, and um, I was praying. A lot of times I do that while I'm sitting with her and just loving on her. But um, I really feel like the Holy Spirit was telling me on the next day, which was Sunday, last Sunday, that at 2 o'clock I was supposed to go to this gas station, I think it's the BP, um, over on Maple Avenue in Burlington. Um, it's close to where I actually grew up, which is kind of cool to me. I thought about that later. But um, uh, I was going to see an African-American woman in a yellow shirt, and I was supposed to minister to her about her son. And I thought, okay, Lord. You'll remind me if this is really you. And so we go out to lunch after um, church, and I asked Josh when we sat down, I said, what time is it? And he told me, and I was like, okay. And I just, I lost track of time, and I said, well, I guess I missed that one. Well, he just kept reminding me throughout the week, and I told Josh, I didn't even tell Josh about it until Friday night, probably. No, Thursday night, excuse me, because Friday was gathering. So we get to the gathering, and we're worshiping, and I'm just kind of doing my thing. And I turned around, glanced around, and there was an African-American woman sitting down in a yellow shirt. And I thought, hmm, immediately it just went off in my spirit. And I was like, Lord, all right, is that her? And he was like, yeah, you need to minister to her about her son. I was like, okay. So Stephanie came up to me, and we were just talking, and I told her what was going on. And she said, well, I'll go with you. So we went. We sat down, and I just, you know, introduced myself, and I said, I just want to bless you and pray with you, and I didn't mention anything about her son yet, and so we just started praying, and um, Psalms 91 came, and I was blessing her with that, and just, you know, that she's sheltered under his wing, and she's protected and mm -hmm. loved, and that the God, that God is bringing new relationships into her life that are going to be lasting and uh, healthy, and um, <clears throat> then I said, you have a son, and she said, yeah. And I said, well, God um, is blessing him and protecting him. His hand is upon him because of the foundation that you laid for him um, when he was young. And um, it's Jesus. And she just started weeping and just, it was really cool because I thought, okay, Lord, I missed it. And I've done things like that before where, you know, I was supposed to do something and I didn't. And uh, he just redeemed it this time. So yeah. Josh said, you need to go ask her if she was at the gas station on Sunday. I said, <laughs> Well, I really should, but anyway, it was really cool. Amen. That must be tough to miss it. I've never done that. That was a joke. That was a joke. Hallelujah. And you said, well, you didn't miss it. No, there are times that the Lord will prompt us to do something, and we choose not to, but isn't it amazing in His grace and His love? 
that he allows us uh, to share and to to be free from that, not to be in condemnation under it, but to just go and do what he's told us to do. Amen. Anybody else? Oh, you can hold it with me. You can hold it with me, but you're not holding it. All right. Well, um, this really isn't about that. Um, but, like, God didn't talk to me or anything like that, but it was more or less an opportunity. Um, Friday night, I was talking to my mother about how I was planning on moving with my father and working where he works, which is probably, like, he's probably going to stay there forever. And I didn't make any, like, real plans beyond actually working there. And then Saturday morning, um, I was working up at Pete's, and I ran into a friend that I haven't seen in a while because he went off to college, and, you know, he's doing big things. <laughs> but, you know, and he started talking to me about how he went through this program that paid for all of his college, all his books and stuff like that. So I think I'm going to sign on to that. And I think that's like a God opportunity to actually do what I want. Yeah. Which, and then I got some kind of word about marine biology. Yeah. I just think it's something to do with sharks. But <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's pray for Joey as you think of it and pray for him. Amen. Anyone else? Tish? The hardest part about this will be that it's got to be short. (laughs) Um, Because I really don't know what I'm going to say, but when I walked in... And was um, we got here late, but I felt like the Lord said, "I want you to give a testimony today." <laughs> so I'm like, "Okay." So, um, yeah. So I guess what I want my testimony to be or is. Okay, so um, my past likes to come up and haunt me every now and then. And um, it's an ongoing struggle that I have. And um, the truth is is that the devil is a liar. Amen. And my past has no influence over me. Amen. And um, I remembered quickly this morning when I got here and um, was in worship that nothing can separate us from the love of God. No angel, no principality, no present things or future things. The past isn't mentioned and I remembered something that I learned in school about. You have no right to look at your past without looking at it through the blood of Jesus because it was paid for. Amen. And yeah, um, celebrated in that and was thank the Lord that he allowed me to remember that and so then you know I've heard this said before but it was like you know the the spirit just kind of said it to me and it was finally one of those ways where you get it like you get it and um, I think it was after communion and Melanie went into um, whatever song she was singing and it was you know why was Jesus's sacrifice no why was Jesus raised from the dead? I mean, why is he risen? How could he raise it, have been risen? You know, and I thought, well, 
just because he was God's son and God loved him and God said no, it was because his sacrifice was sufficient. All of his sin, all of our sin was placed on him. He became sin for us. And so he died with all of that sin, all of our sin on him. And the reason why he was raised is because his sacrifice was sufficient. And that my sin and my past. Come on. Was on him. And so it's gone and it's done and it's not to haunt me. Anymore. Amen. Amen. One of the things Tish was brought up in the area, and when she moved away, she said, I won't ever go back there. And we're blessed to have her as part of this fellowship on our leadership team. We're so thankful for that. I, I, I don't want to add to it. I just want to share a little thing. About, can I share about what Jackie brought? We were here one night for for go to go out, and Jackie, right here, the quiet one on the second row, <laughs> till you get her out on the street, and she's <laughs> she's a rogue agent. But Jackie came, and she had a box for Tish, and she said, uh, long story short, she said, I, I had this. It took me a while to find it, and the Lord told me I was supposed to give it to you. And she said, I told the Lord, no, not that. <laughs> Maybe something else, but not that. But uh, And so she said, but the Lord said, I'm supposed to give it to you because this is how he sees you. And it was, uh, is it crystal? Is that what it was? It was a crystal. It looked like about a 150-carat diamond, if there is something that would be that. But it was about this big, and she opened the box. And there was a diamond in there. And the Lord had told her, said, you tell her, that's how I see her. Come on. That's better than that. That's just awesome. So uh, the Lord wants us to know how much he loves us. That's the power of the testimony. And Jackie that night, she was just giving gifts. And one of the things that she gave, she gave Mark and I this little it's a mite. It's uh, uh, from Israel. It's the widow's mite. And they say that it's worthless because it's, I mean, it's very light. It's very light. I don't know if it's aluminum or what it's made out of, but there's not much of anything to it. But as she gave it to me, it meant so much because the Lord said, don't despise small beginnings. And he said, little is much when I'm in it. So I carried it in my pocket since Jackie gave it to me as a reminder. But what I did Afterwards, as I went home, and I thought I had lost it, so I was like, do I have another one? And, it, and I found it. I didn't lose it, and uh, obviously because it's right here. But uh, in the top of my drawer from when I had gone to Israel is one that's 10. I don't know 10 what, just 10. So I had the one, and I have the 10. And the Lord said, I'm multiplying. I'm multiplying. So now I carry them both in my pocket. One, to remember small beginnings, and two, to remember he's not a God of addition, he's a God of multiplication. Amen.
Anyone else? I'll take one more, and then we're going to stop because we got a couple other things. No, you had your one. No, you had your one. We'll save it for another day. I appreciate your zeal. Anyone else? Sasha, then you. Okay, because y'all got it at the same time. I'll let you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Let me tell this before Josh tells this. This morning, this is what the Lord had really put on my heart about just sharing the testimony of what he did Friday night and releasing the testimony. And Josh sends me a text, and he said, man, I've been praying this morning. I really feel like the Lord's saying we should share testimonies. And I'm like, okay. And he came up, and I said I was going to say that. He came up to me, and he said, hey, buddy, did you read my text? I said, yeah, I read your text, but it was what the Lord had already been saying. Isn't he, isn't he cool like that? Well, I just wanted to... Um share a couple of things with just as being a dad and uh, how that's really ministered to me. Um, when we were in school with Tish, one of the biggest things I really had a hard time with was uh, the father's love and his embrace and what that looked like. And um, it was a fear in me that, you know, what about being a dad? How are you going to be? What are you going to look like? What's it going to be like? Um, and just throughout transition with school to make it short um i started reading the book the father's embrace and she's gonna stop crying because she messed me up <laughs> um and i haven't even finished the whole book i've just read through a couple of the chapters um which is a testimony in itself because i don't like to read <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> so um anything that catches my attention and i enjoy reading it it's it's a blessing but i started reading this book and um first couple of chapters just talks about how this gentleman and Jack Frost is the guy that wrote the book and uh, just how his life kind of went through and how his family home was and how his, you know, his parents were and that kind of thing. And um, one of the biggest things with us as we've raised Lily was that we just wanted to be, not that our parents were bad, not that, you know, any of that, just that we wanted right. to transition into a new part, be a new generation um, of our family and start a new legacy. And um, that, you know, when we, and Todd and Tina had even told us this too, that, you know, when they went places and they did things, Brianna was with them all the time. And I shared that when I, I did my message. But one of the biggest things for us is, you know, worship. You know, as we are worshiping, she's on me the entire time. Um, there's only been one Sunday that she hasn't. That's because my grandmother stole it from me. <laughs> but every single time that I'm worshiping, she's right there. She hears everything i mean she's right on my chest so she hears everything that i'm doing she hears me praying the spirit all the things that i've never heard my parents do she is Amen. um i i mean we didn't grow up in a charismatic church so we grew up in just about every kind of church <laughs> that you could go to but it was completely different um there was no standing there was no raising your hands there was none of that so there wasn't an opportunity like this morning to dance with her and you know just be a part of worship and um it's been a huge transition of of just looking at how god looks at us and you know with her being on my chest that's the way god wants us to be he always wants us to be that closeness with him he always wants us to feel like he's daddy mm -hmm. and that transition of of what daddy god looks like is a huge opener if if you've struggled with you know trying to to feel like you're a part of the family um, 
when they went through the Father's embrace with me, one of the biggest things that they did was they said, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think about what does God look like to you? And my vision that I got was I felt like Jack and the Magic Beanstalk. I felt like I was Jack and there's this giant that I was hiding from so that he wouldn't step on me because he's this big God. And throughout transition and, and what I've learned, I've learned that God's the same size as me. And he just wants me to spend time with him. He wants me to, to attach on and, and just Amen. feel his heartbeat. So. Amen. Amen. Chris. Get in my face. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Ishmael. That's all I'm hearing right now. Earlier this week, I was really couple weeks, four weeks, I've been in turmoil over something. I had joined a, um, a nationally known weight loss thing. And all I could think every time I went is rules, 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 pressure rules. And I'm like, I don't have to live under rules. And everything was about this group. Everything was about this group. And I said, no, everything is about God. And it was like the person I went with said, no, it was just a guideline. I'm like, no, it's not a guideline because everything's about this group. And everything's got to be about God. Anyhow, this week, I'm on my way to work. Um, I was praying in the spirit, and the word Ishmael kept coming. I'm like, Ishmael, Ishmael. So I texted a really good friend of mine, and I said, remind me who Ishmael is and where I can read about him uh, or read about it because I was like, anyhow, um, this person um, sent me a text back, gave me some reference and um, her opinion and everything. Well, I kept praying about it, and I said, well, I'm going to read about it when I get home. And, um, of course, realized, reminded who Ishmael was. I was <laughs> like, oh, yeah you know, and um, the story about it. But what got me, it took me from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and this is where it really um, hit home for me, was that um, Ishmael was born under bondage, yeah. and Isaac was born under freedom, and I am born under freedom. Amen. I quit this group, and, you know, I went online and, and stopped it, and it was just like, just like, a weight was lifted off of me. Um, it was just like a complete freedom. And it was just like, well, this was just a weight loss group. But it was part of my life. It was what I was giving attention to. We yeah. all would like to lose weight. We all would like to get he um, healthy. But what God was showing me, I don't have to do it under rules. Right. I have freedom because he created us all. And so um, Amen. I don't know what else to say. That's it. Amen. That's good. Freedom. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, this Sunday is uh, Move Up Sunday. I'm going to let Jonathan lead this. I'm going to hold the mic for Jonathan <laughs> as well. But I have two short testimonies. Uh, then Jonathan, you can come on up. One is tomorrow I'll be married 24 years to my beautiful <laughs> wife. Second to Jesus only, the greatest uh, blessing in my life is my beautiful wife. And two, most of you already know, but my beautiful daughter was engaged two weeks ago. And uh, this coming May, we gain an awesome son-in-law. It's uh, 
awesome and very surreal to see my baby girl, as Josh said, who's always been there. If we went, she went. And uh, next year's our 25th anniversary, and we're going somewhere where there's an island in blue water and nobody can bother me. <laughs> and she's determined she's going to because she'll be married and it'll be like her honeymoon. <laughs> so. But, uh, <laughs> amen, that's such a blessing. I'm so thankful for that. Also, the Lord touched my mother-in-law, and she's with us this Sunday. She had a, a stint last week. She was in CCU for a day and a half, but the Lord touched her, and she's here with us. Amen? Amen. 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 So today is Move Up Sunday, and there's a couple of uh, young men that in our River Kids that are going to be moving into the overflow youth ministry. So, come on. Remember what I said about the testimony and stuff like that. And also, Jonathan's having a meeting afterwards today for everybody involved in River Kids. I know, but you know what notes mean to somebody speaking? Nothing. About like a watch to a preacher. You know what it means? Nothing. All right. <laughs> First of all, let, let me invite Marcus and River up to the front and your parents, which, River, your parents are here. Come on. <laughs> this is River's parents. <laughs> you stand up. Got a smile. Uh, Dawn and I and all of the River Kids teaching team have had the pleasure. They'd stand. If you're a worker with River Kids, just stand up. Amen. Amen. Amazing group of teachers. Amen. Thank you. We've uh, we've we've had such a blessing to uh, teach Marcus and River, and obviously, I've had River for ten years now. <laughs> but this morning, I'm going to share something with you guys, and then I'm going to share individually, and we got a, a gift for you. Um, during praise and worship this morning, uh, I just had a moment, and, and I just felt like the Lord told me to be still and sit down. And uh, I closed my eyes, and I seen a runway. It was dark. You couldn't see anything but a runway. You know, if you've driven by airport at night, you see the lights on the runway. So I'm like, this is odd. You know, <laughs> I, I'm, I, you worry people. I'm not like that. It doesn't happen to me often. So I'm like, okay, why am, why am I seeing a runway? So... Uh, so anyway, I, I just kept pressing into the Lord and kept asking him, I said, what does this mean? I said, this is weird, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. So anyway, this is, what we, this is what the Lord revealed to me. For you two, you're starting a new journey. Uh, you're moving on. You're starting middle school. You're moving into a new phase of your life. You're moving into a, a whole new ministry with whole new opportunities. So even though it's dark outside, it appears dark. The runway is lit. It's your guide. There's lights there for a reason. You can't see the end of the runway. You're not really sure, so it feels scary because all you can see is these lights, and you can't see beyond the lights. Cool. Okay? But just know that those lights are there to guide you and that every one runway is controlled by a flight tower. And in your life, that is God. God is your flight tower, and he has provided these lights or this lit runway 
to get you into this next phase. Amen. So it seems dark. It seems scary. You may not understand. You may not be able to see the end, but know that the lights are there Amen. and that the flight tower in your life is God and he will get you there. So even though you feel like you're taking off in darkness, what the Lord wanted me to tell you was that at the end of that runway, you are the light. Come on. And that it is God in you that is going to bring that light to all these people around you. Amen. So what I want to say to that is this is your opportunity to impact the world, and that means the world around you. That's right. That's so you're, you're taking off. You've been given this opportunity. You have God in your heart. It starts with the world around you. So what we have for you guys are two Bibles. And once again, I, I always provide them with the New Living Translation because it's easy for me to read and I, I know it'll be easy for them to read. Um, but what I want you to know is I, I don't want you to regard this as a book. Everybody says life doesn't come with instructions, but that's not true. Come on. This book is the Bible. And this Bible is the instructions for your life. This is your guideline. So if you will look at this book, not as just a book and place it on the shelf, but look at this as God's word and God's will for your life, mm -hmm. then you can grow. And in doing so, don't be held back by the ideas of others because you're going into a time of your life where you're going to encounter opposition as a Christian. People are going to say, man, you're dumb. Man, that's crazy. Come on, do this. You're not going to have any fun. This is, you know, this right. is not how you want to live your life. But you need to stand strong. And remember, you're on this runway. God's in control. And before long, you're going to find that you're not alone. And the Lord is going to surround you with people. And you're going to have the opportunity to impact others. Amen. So, Amen. if it's okay with you. Um, now that you ask me in front of everybody. If it's okay with you, we've done this in the past. If anybody has anything that they would like to share or impart with Marcus, now would be a good time, and then I'll wrap it up. Or, or River. One else? thing that I want yeah, to do I'm as sorry. we close, I'm going to bring uh, Stephen and Josh and Emma up and uh, pray over them as well. If anybody feels like they have a, a – and what he's saying is a word of encouragement uh, for them, if you'd like to share that. Tish does and Josh does. Okay. Um, I was thinking about Marcus, but uh, Marcus is a quiet kid in most cases, but I think it's because he studies people. Um, he sees things that most people would kind of brush over. So that God's going to give him wisdom in that to be able to have discernment mm -hmm. in a lot of different areas so that he can discern what's truth and what's not. Amen. So. He'll smile if you poke him in the belly, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it in front of everybody, man. <laughs> You're safe. Your secret's safe with me. <laughs> I'll let you hold, hold it. it. Yeah, my hand's sweaty. Um, Dawn had kind of mentioned to me that she, that this was going to happen, so I've been praying, and I um, actually wrote down a couple of things. Um, and for Marcus, um, I felt like the Lord was saying that you have a strength and ability to withstand pressure. 
that God has given you a calmness and a confidence that others will look to. And that this year you're going to start to excel academically, and it marks the beginning of your academic achievements. And I see that you're going to develop a love for learning and um, that this is something that's going to stay with you. And so I want to release over you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Come on. And that you'll have the ability to quickly recognize what God's truth is over what you're learning and that you're going to be a problem solver that will be able to apply God's truth in knowledge that seems contrary to God. Um, like if somebody ends up having a discovery and it's trying, they're trying to disprove God that, um, or a new theory, that you'll be able to actually see God in it and turn the situation around for his glory. And the way that you're going to do it is full of love and humility, which will disarm the offense. In Amen. The offense. <laughs> Come on. Just get a little more specific. Once I started writing, it just kind of kept. Amen. Okay. All right, River. Um, the word that I kept hearing over you is defender. Um, and it wasn't it's for people. It's not a defender over principles, and it's not a defender even over God's word. It's for people that you are going to stand um, up in situations um, for people, and that not only were you going to be one who um, wants justice, but you're going to be able to balance it out that where you require justice, you're also going to offer mercy. And that um, it's not only a gifting, but it's a part of your calling for what he has for you um, throughout Amen. your whole life. Um, I didn't get anything until I was just sitting here. But um, I just see like a sailboat for you, Marcus, and I see you sailing. And I just see it on the side of the sail, it says smooth sailing. And um, you're just highly favored, like Amen. just favored amazingly. Amen. Um, and you're going to be able to impart that to other people, um, especially young boys. I just Amen. hear that right just now. Uh, and then River, um, <laughs> as a, actually as I was sitting there, I was getting this kind of for you when your dad was talking. Um, and I don't think it's just because your dad and your mom are in um, children's ministry, but I do. I saw you as a teenager, and I saw you um, leading youth, um, just <laughs> in a fun, a new, fresh way. But like she was saying, um, defending people, I see you as an advocate for young children, and just raising them up. You're a leader, Amen. so take Amen. it and run with it. Amen. So, Josh, you stand. M, stay up here. Stephen, you stay, and we're just gonna pray over these guys. Josh and, and Steve, Stephen and M head up our overflow of mail. You stand too. Did you? Uh, so we're just going to pray over them. You guys join with us. Just stretch your hands this way. This isn't about just move up Sunday. They're moving into a new classroom. This is about destinies. This is about uh, shifting cultures, shifting uh, mindsets. I believe that's what the Lord's doing through our younger generation, that they are radical uh, shifters of the environment they're in so god we come now we just agree with your word that lord god that what they've been brought up in they'll continue in and lord they'll carry lord strong anointing wherever they go lord even coming into overflow god i just declare that they bring value to the youth ministry lord that they bring clarity and leadership in father god that uh they walk in with purpose and uh, direction. Lord, I pray your blessing over them in every 
area of their lives. Lord, even as Jesus said, bring the children to me, and in that, he commanded a blessing over them. He called down heaven over them. So, Lord, that's what we do now. We just release over them the realities of who you are, your power released in them to know you in a real and a personal way. Lord, that they would live from that relationship with you, and it'll be a light in a dark place, even as Jonathan said, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. All right. Uh, we're going to do our offering declaration. If you'll bring that up. And uh, what we'll do, Bobby, if you just, uh, you want to come up? Y'all want to come up? The worship team, if y'all come back up. We're going to do the offering declaration as we get started. If you haven't had an opportunity to give, we bring our offering up. And then we declare over it that it's not just about throwing money in a plate or in a, a cool box. It's really, really neat, but it's about bringing it to the Lord, and as we do, the Lord is, is changing things. Just as we talked about Gibsonville, <coughs> we believe God is using us as a vessel to bring change. So if you would stand with me. Now, I was told I go a little too fast for the overhead, so I'm going to try to slow it down. My wife is just <laughs> agreeing, so I'm going to try... To slow it down just a little bit. As a matter of fact, I'll even do this. I'll just mail recommend it. Why don't you just look at the screen? That way you don't blow past everybody. Okay. That works for me. So, as we receive today's offering, we are believing you for heaven open, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created. Dreams and visions, angelic visitations declarations and divine manifestations, anointing, gifting and calls, positions and promotions, provisions and resources to go to the nations, souls and more souls from every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revelation. Thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me so I have more than enough to co-labor with heaven and see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah! Amen, amen. So we're going to worship for just a moment and then we'll be dismissed. Any announcements as they get started?